everyone. I'm Laura Grunler. And I'm Matt Grunler. And today on K-12 Argent, the podcast, we'll be talking with Carlos Cruz and Tara Russo about exploration of queer identities in the art room. Well, <laughs> well, we've just had a, a great pre-conversation with our friends. Um, so today on the podcast, we have Carlos Cruz and Tara Rousseau, and I am just thrilled to be talking to you. It's going to be a great podcast. So I would love for both of you just to take a couple minutes and um, just kind of introduce who you are, where you are, and what you do. Go ahead, Tara. Will you introduce yourself first? Sure, certainly. So my name is Tara Russo and I'm from uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I'm not from there, I'm currently working there. I'm from <laughs> the East Coast, but um, I've been an art teacher up here in an elementary school called the Jackman Institute of Child Study for, oh, since 2009, whatever that math is, um, <laughs> a bunch of years. Um, I fell into it by luck because prior to becoming the art teacher there, I was the French teacher and I lucked into the art teaching position. Um, I had, uh, I have a background in photography and some, some personal practice that involved collage and a different, uh, different jewelry making and what have you. But then I had to learn a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> it was a steep learning curve, but it's been a really wonderful uh, journey and uh, I love what I do. Well, then I feel like I, I really am worried that I didn't pronounce your last name correctly, knowing now that you speak French. People always ask how to pronounce my first name and I, it's two A's and it depends on your accent and yeah, that's true. it's correct. Like if I can answer to it, if I can recognize it, I'm going to answer to it. So you're all good. Over well, je m'appelle Laura. <laughs> that's about all you know okay so let's not go there but <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> and carlos uh hi my name is carlos cruz i am a film and capstone teacher over at beacon charter high school in Woonsocket, rhode island uh that is where i am and live in providence rhode island i am from the bronx new york originally um, my parents moved to Rhode Island to get a better future for us and, you know, which was great. Uh, gunshots in the backyard was always fun. Then the crickets came because that's really the big difference, right? Uh, it was like night and day. Um, but it was, it was really amazing. And I went to RISD for animation and film, got out into the world, realized that art isn't really paid that well. Uh, so I went over to retail for a bunch of years, hated every single <laughs> second of it, um, and craved to be creative so, so much that I went back to school, got my master's into teaching, uh, and this is my third year teaching now. So I'm super stoked, and I got super involved. I'm president of the LA uh, NAE LGBTQ group Outgoing. I'm also the um, event chair for the Rhode Island Art Educators Association. So I like to get my hands wherever I can and, and help out and, and really bring things to, to the front foreground. Well, and that's how we found both of you through NAEA. So thank you for, <laughs> for working with us. Super excited that you, you're both um, heavily into advocacy for the NAEA LGBTQ plus interest group. I think I said it yes, all. You did. So, um, and we have, I think Tara, aren't you the current president and Carlos is the past president. Is that correct? 
I'm the current co-president. I share the presidency with uh, Jess Graff, who is out of Washington, Oregon, and uh, is also wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we had a chance to kind of talk with her a little bit. Um, you know, we couldn't be more thankful for the, the topic of conversation you brought to our chat uh, this past week. And it was all about exploring identities, queer identities in the art classroom. And, you know, I think, you know, I'm just going to jump into the question. Go for it. Um, you know, with the, the student population of LGBTQ plus um, seeming to grow, especially over the past 10 years, um, you know, what advice for teachers? Because that, that starts to tread into different territories for teachers that have been teaching a really long time and, and teachers that are just coming in on the scene. Um, you know, what kinds of, what kinds of things can you, can you, what kind of advice can you give to them for that? Um, would you like to start Carlos or shall I? <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. Go for it, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you mentioned that uh, the population seemed to have grown over the last decade. And I have, I'm a little bit of an old lady still on Facebook and I found a meme for this. I have, if you don't, if you will uh, indulge me, I'm gonna just read it. The okay. meme says, did you know that before the 15th century, there wasn't a word for the color orange? People considered it to be a shade of yellow or red. Humans obviously didn't invent the color and I'm willing to bet that orange flowers and birds and a million other things in nature looked pretty much as they do today People just didn't have a very descriptive word for them. Mm -hmm. That's what I think about every time I hear someone say, we didn't have trans people in my day. So, they were there. They were there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Probably a little less, little less stigma, a little <laughs> less fear, and a lot more vocabulary by which people, by which we can express our lived reality. And more and more students are brave enough to do so in their world. And... Um, they're making a huge difference uh, overall. It's uh, incredible to see. But really, the advice that I would start with is the advice that any teacher worth their salt would give anybody um, starting out, and it's just get to know your students. That can be a challenge for certain art educators. I Each year, I teach an average of between 190 and 205 students a year. Um, that it can be challenging to get to know your students, but do your very best to do so. And really sort of like hi internally highlight those that are outside the cis normative box. Not that mm -hmm. it's a box, but just outside <laughs> of the norm. Those students are the ones that might really, really look to you for help, mm -hmm. for advice, for a safe space. And that's to know them and to allow them to know you is, is the way to begin to make that safe space. Carlos, would you like to build on that? I think the other thing that I would I would throw in there, especially for, you know, the older teachers that have been around for a while is, you know, get uncomfortable with being get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Like, you have been around for many, many years, and you've seen it all. But you haven't right there, there are things that are coming up that are new, they're different, you know, don't just put it to the side because, you know, you, you can't learn something new or don't want to learn something new or it's not, you know, time for it or you don't have time. Like you need to make time. It's super important. This is our, our population of kiddos right now. And these are the kiddos that really need our help. So it's really about, you know, breaking through your own discomfort and, and being comfortable with, you know, really what's the, the mission of any teacher is to really, you know, help those kids and make them thrive and they can only thrive if they feel comfortable and supported in, in your classroom. Mm -hmm. Well, I think 
both of you speak to the, the idea that, you know, our students are more brave and courageous than, than many of us were, you know, back in the olden days. But I, you know, I do, I, I've been in education a little over 20 years and I see changes happening and I see kids being able to truly start to express who they are and being able to be out there and trans and and that's all because of all the advocacy that people like you are doing to support young people and I think that that I mean both of you spoke to getting to know your kids and and connecting with them and and looking for who they truly are but what are some some techniques that you would you would tell teachers they can use for understanding students or engaging with students or connecting with students? Carlos, how about you start this one? Sure. Um, I think, you know, Tara talked about it uh, briefly, but like getting to know your students, put a questionnaire together every start of the semester, every quarter, you know, even if you've had that kid twice before, it doesn't matter. Every time you start a new class, put out a questionnaire out there. Put stuff on there, like what's your hobbies and stuff like that. But at the same time, put out there for your preferred name. What pronoun would you like to be used? And, you know, me and Tara were talking about this right before, before this call. Like, you know, do we, do we, should we say preferred noun, name or and pronoun? Because it, it sounds like we're asking for it. And it's like, well, we also want to be inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we also want to say, well, if you're Robert and want to call, be called Bobby, like, yeah, let us yeah. know about that too. It's, it's about everyone really being comfortable and really understanding that you're trying to get to that student. You're trying to see, okay, you like to be called Bobby. Great. You like race cars. Awesome. You know, later in the year, that might come together somewhere for you where you can have that moment where you can have that one special 30 second moment with that kid. Like Tyra said, out of the 400 kids that you have in a year that really connects to that one kid. And he's going to remember that, or she's going to remember that for a while because you took the time to really know them and remember that little piece, even if it's just a little nugget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, it, this is advice that you would uh, be receiving if you were asking about how to put forth an anti-racist curriculum, mm-hmm. but having, highlighting artists and art and uh, that, that, that speak to the students, that the students can see themselves in, artists whom the students can identify with. Um, it makes sure that you're highlighting LGBTQ artists Black artists, Asian artists, female artists, indigenous artists. Up in Canada right now, we, I say up in Canada, in Canada right now, we've had <laughs> terrible but not unexpected news about um, um, children, uh, the oh, bodies of children being found outside residential mm-hmm. schools. Um, this is going to have a profound impact impact on the, on the country as a whole, but a particularly traumatic impact on your indigenous students. Mm-hmm. And how do you reach them? How how do you how do you make your classroom safe for them how do you it's 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 the art classroom is that very special place where you mm-hmm. can you you can you can be that person to everybody if mm-hmm. you are thoughtful enough if you get to know your students enough and if your if your eyes are open and your ears are open enough i know that's a lot to ask but we're <laughs> We don't get paid a ton of money in this profession. I think it's probably because we're passionate about it. So we probably have that to give, I guess, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess that that's the perfect segue into, you know, you brought up this, this very tragic thing going on right now um, up where you are. 
and I can say up because that's, you know, from us. Um, but, you know, there, there is a lot of talk just across the board about social emotional learning, especially over this, over this past year. Um, you know, what, what kinds of roles do you see the art room playing and how do we incorporate that into the curriculum? Cause you, you started to touch on some of that, but I'm, you know, some, somebody may be just kind of looking and going, how do I include that? I don't, mm -hmm. I have no idea. I, I think that that's a, a great, great topic. And I, and before we go into it, I think we need to make sure that we also remind everyone that every single state in the U.S. doesn't allow you to just freely talk about this stuff, right? right. There is something called the no promo homo laws, which sound horrible and they are and they're antiquated, but they still exist in some states where mm -hmm. it's illegal to talk about LGBTQ artists. It's illegal to talk about LGBTQ themes, can't even have a GSA. Otherwise, you run the risk of being fired transferred out of out of the uh, district or worse right um so i want to make that point out there and, and yeah. know that we 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 as naea lgbtq are aware of it and that's why we put this out there is so that the people that can't possibly talk about it they can talk about it right you're just kind of weaving it in right so like at the elementary level you can do a wonderful color lesson um about the rainbow frag you can not talk about anything about the rainbow flag except its meaning, mm -hmm. you know, what the colors, each stripe means something, how those colors came together, and then use that as, as, a, as a lesson plan to teach about color and unity and tolerance without, again, touching LGBTQ, but you still have, you're still, you know, inviting those kids to explore and also learn about other cultures and topics along the way. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to follow up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we, we are, Canada is not without its, uh, its biases and bigotry uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But um, the, the, and the provinces do vary in terms of, of, of perspectives and outlooks and what is deemed acceptable and what isn't. But um, we are not as constrained, generally speaking, up here. We are able to be. Um, be as brave as we're we're allowed to be as brave as we as we can be in terms of, of addressing these topics um these these issues and 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 bringing bringing this very very important work into our classroom um i think you're you're, you're canada is more like the equivalent of our high schools in in the u.s like at the <laughs> high school level i feel like we can get a little away with oh, a yes. lot more yeah. than we can at elementary and middle i think elementary yeah. middle you know elementary for sure middle has that kind of weird kind of like well some of us believe in it some of us don't mm -hmm. meanwhile the whole entire middle grade is all about sexuality and <laughs> learning about yourself and all of these feelings and emotions and we 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 have some administrators and teachers hide from it like no no, no we don't want to talk. we don't want to open up that mm -hmm. can of worms like they're already opening it you need to guide them like oh. literally just just a couple of quick things could really help a middle schooler kind of get through that time but you bring up the the fear there is fear mm -hmm. around that or there's this idea of not understanding that's the other piece of it, Carlos, is that, mm -hmm. you know, even in talking to a colleague today, we got into a discussion about, you know, there, there, there's a lot of people that don't understand the difference between gender and sex and sexuality. 
and I, I'm, I just want to pose that question to both of you. If you were to explain it to someone that was not clear on it, how, how would you help a fellow colleague understand it more clearly? I think this is where I would pull up my computer, go to genderbreadperson.org, I believe it is, yeah, .org, um, and literally go through it with them because it's a wonderful, wonderful graphic. If anyone's never seen it, it's something that you definitely should download and look at because it literally breaks it down for you into manageable pieces, right? When we talk about sexuality and gender, it's not just male and female. And, and it, there's, there's no, it's not just that that limited, right? You know, the, the actual gender bred person really breaks it down into what a person thinks inside, right? So mentally, internally, what is your sexuality and identity, right? And that piece, that piece is what those students and those people believe at, at their core, regardless of what they are born with or outwardly express themselves. That is who they are inherently, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have the outward expression, how they dress, how they change, what kind of makeup they wear or, um, or dramatic flair that they like to put on. You know, that is up to them and that's how they're outwardly expressing. However, that does not at all, you know, equate to what their identity is mm -hmm. or their gender. Right. And, and then, so like when we talk about sex assigned at birth, like that, that one's a little bit easier because, okay, yes, male, female assigned at birth. And there's all, but there's also that, that, that third one, there, there's also the intersex, right. Mm -hmm. Where you, they're biologically, those people have both sets of chromosomes and some of those kiddos, unfortunately don't find out which chromosome is going to take over until puberty, puberty hits. And, you know, a boy could have been living his life as a boy the whole way. And then puberty hits and all of a sudden now the hormones have taken over and take him into the female side. It, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, one of those things that we have to be aware of that. It's not just cookie cutter. There's no such thing as cookie cutter, right? Even our attraction to someone, it, it can change. Someone can be romantically attracted to someone of one gender or um, sexuality and completely and, sec and oppositely attracted sexually to that person, right? There's, there's so many, I, I hate to say it, but there's a rainbow of, of, <laughs> of flavors for everyone, right? Um, and so <laughs> it's true, though. It, yeah. we have to know what, what makes you tick, right? And for that kiddo, it's not just so simple as, well, you're a man or, or a woman. That's, that's not it. There's so many pieces that go to it. And knowing that there are those pieces can help you understand that just because someone outwardly expresses as male doesn't mean they're male. They could be female uh, at birth while still expressingly outward male, but still also be romantically attracted to a male and a female, right? There's lots of different variations. And if you can get that part in to, to understand sexuality and gender, I think that will help anyone really look at their student population and go, oh, okay, I understand now this person is just outwardly expressing themselves as this. And that's all it means, right? And, or this person has come to me and said, oh, you know what, I'm come, I came out. Oh, okay, great. That means you're, you're X, Y, and Z, wonderful. But that still doesn't mean that their identity <laughs> or their expression matches that at all. They're all separate and individual pieces. And, and, and the, within the complexity is the call, the call to teachers to 
do your research. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. You can't just assume that, like the like my nanny on the Facebook with my Facebook meme earlier. But I mean, you can't just assume that you know Facebook's going to teach you everything. You have to go out there. You have to find reputable and um, and highly respected resources. You have to talk to people. You have to uh, not just form your own opinions. You have to have have the tools at your disposal um, through research, through understanding, through study to really be able to help your students, to be there for your students, to, to authentically see your students and allow them to be seen. I think if we were to compare this to something, I would think of intersectionality. Um, it's a, it's, that's another kind of buzzword that's going around in the education system around intersectionality where you know, I'm Puerto Rican, but I'm also male mm-hmm. and I'm also gay. So how do all of those three worlds come together for me? That's the same thing as far as we're talking about sex and gender is what do all of those pieces together make that just make an individual person. And you just have to learn what each in the little, all those little individual pieces are of that student. Mm-hmm. And that's not un, unlike, I mean, <laughs> just like Tara said earlier, to any teacher with, with that has any prowess in the classroom understands that each person is unique and individual and all of those little things make up every single person that we teach and you have to get to know each individual and they're they're all different human beings and that's Mm -hmm. what's so beautiful about our world Mm -hmm. yeah and not be afraid the well and that's why i asked the question because i think that that's really what a lot of it comes down to is fear not Mm -hmm. just because of the laws i mean i know there are a lot of states as you said carlos that um that prevent people from feeling comfortable because of the law but also because to tara's point maybe they haven't done the research and so they're not comfortable in having these conversations like we're having today or talking to their students openly but tara you know, you brought up the resources. What are some great resources for teachers to learn more about LGBTQ plus issues and understand what their students really need to be successful in their classrooms? Um, I'm going to stick more to the American ones for this podcast. Uh, so because if we start going into, <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of them, they, they, there, are, there are many that are directed towards, towards specifically trans non-binary gender fluid and there's um but some umbrella ones to start with um would be uh, how about i start with p flag carlos mm-hmm. and you go with listen want to try absolutely <laughs> p flag is parents family members of gay and lesbian um uh people and um it is uh sure it, it's it does it oh it it's like with listen as well it, it doesn't give us the whole all of the letters that the, <laughs> It keep continue to grow to, to honor um, all of the well head, head umbrellas for all of the identities really, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but it's a wonderful wonderful resource that has been built upon uh, for many years. We just had a representative for Toronto P flag coming in uh, Zoom uh, uh, style to virtually uh, give uh, presentations to our students from grades two through six. And um, she was really well received. Um, we have wonderful people that come into the school, and um, they're ex- if you if you were to, and I, I'm not sure how it is in different states, but um, if if you're not sure how to present on it yourself, and you're able to, but you're not sure how to, 
contacting PFLAG might be a wonderful step for you to take mm -hmm. to allow them to present and then you to, to, uh, to, talk, to, to uh, workshop it later on with your students. And I believe there's a PFLAG um, representative for each state. So um, if you are looking for PFLAG, look for your local chapter um, and they will be more than happy to help you because our local chapter down here has done wonderful things at the middle school level, um, at the high school level. They're, they're, they're a wonderful organization, just as much as Gleason, which is the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. Um, they're a wonderful, wonderful resource too. They have advocacy tips on there. They have lesson plans. Um, they have how to run a GSA on there. Well, the one that we use as an organization a lot and the one that me and my husband use when we're doing um, professional development is the Safe Space Kit. They do a lot about safe spaces and they provide you with the stickers and the training. Like it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, and you know, it, it's a, such a silly little thing to say, oh, you know, here, hang up this little like <laughs> one inch by three inch little sticker. And it's not even a sticker, but a sticker means it sticks. It's a piece of paper <laughs> that I've laminated, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that maybe I put a little bit, a little tape on the back of it for you. Um, but <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful little thing. And it, and it goes such a long way for those kiddos that are looking for a safe space, mm -hmm. having that sticker. It, I can't tell you as a openly gay man, I can see rainbows like out of the corner of my eye <laughs> and I can pick it up out of nowhere. And so can our kids. They see and immediately know, Oh my God. I'm safe in this space. This person is perhaps trained, maybe not, but is aware of LGBTQ issues. And I could probably talk to that person about something if I needed to. Right. And again, you know, that's why we have these, these great resources. Um, and we also have built a website for ourselves, NAEALGBTQ.com. We keep building upon it. it. It's not the most extensive thing yet uh, because we're trying to put more lesson plans on there and, and we have resources on there, um, but you can get in contact with us, right? That's the best resource that's mm -hmm. on there is getting to us because no matter what, we're going to reach out to you and be like, yeah, what do you need? Oh, GSA? Sure. Let me get you in touch with this person. This person has great resources for that. Um, but it's really about you know, looking for those things. And, and if you ask any of these kids, what's the best thing, the best piece of advice to give to teachers? And we've asked, um, and it's, don't be afraid to make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong with making a mistake. And that's, I think that's what a lot of teachers are afraid of to mm -hmm. use the wrong pronoun or perhaps get the gender wrong, or perhaps not understand exactly what the sexuality is. Mm -hmm. That's okay. It's totally okay. Not everyone gets it. And listen, I, I, I'm openly gay. I know a lot about LGBTQ. And I learn stuff every year, every month I'm learning something new. I just learned um, last summer that someone uses F-O-L-X in their emails that to be more inclusive. And I was like, oh my God, I love that. And I've used it ever since. So instead of folks, F-O-L-K-S. I'm like, yes, please explain. My face is going, right? um, you're <sighs> teaching me now because I don't know it. Right? So folks, just like, hey folks, F-O-L-K-S, instead of making it L-K-S, it's F-O-L-X. So folks, is now making it more inclusive to everyone in the oh. spectrum. Oh. Something so small, right? Just like putting your pronouns in your email. We do it all the time, you know, to be more inclusive, but having that kid see that, 
that email from you that says he, him, or they, them, or she, her says, oh, they're aware of pronouns. They know that people ask for those things. So it's again, awareness, being aware. And those are the little things that you can do as a teacher to just make your students aware that, hey, I'm here and I understand. I may not know everything, but I'm trying my hardest to, to be with you and to, and to help you. Absolutely. There's, I'm not following up with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you could. The, the level Absolutely. of enthusiasm, the passion that came from that. I don't know how you no, it's all about being there for your students, knowing enough to, to, to be brave and also not being afraid to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. All of us make mistakes. Those of us within the community also make mistakes. We're like Carlos said, we're all learning all the time. Just stay open to learning and, and, you know, recognize your mistakes and move on. I think we've both had students too, that when you're trying and you do mess up on a pronoun, they, they genuinely are like, it's okay because you're, you're trying, trying and I appreciate yeah. that, that you're making the <clears throat> effort and you're not just brushing it off. Like you understand this is who I am and you're doing your best to make sure to honor that. And, and that's what I've noticed more than anything is, you know, I've screwed up, you know, <laughs> I, I, I might see one gender, but I know that they, there's a, there, they prefer to go by they, you know, and I, I've screwed up before, but in, in that moment, what's been also great is that young person has said to me, you know what, Ms. Grundler, it's okay, because I know you're trying and I appreciate that. So, yeah. and it goes a long way because those kiddos, you trying is so much more than the average person does for them on a daily basis that doesn't try, or perhaps at home, they don't even bother trying because right. that's not what's recognized at home. You know, you were born this way. We don't recognize you outside of what that that born identity is. And that's, that's harmful, unfortunately, for the student because they're trying to express themselves and they're being held back. Um, and, and it's not all, all family situations, no. right? That's just some family situations. There's also friends that do that. There's also adults that do that because they don't understand and they're not willing to kind of see beyond what they know. Actually, in one of our earlier interviews we had, it was, it was all based around safe spaces. And that was a point that completely drove home to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't even thinking about that particular situation, especially when students were at home. You know, we were all confined to being at home, but maybe haven't come out in one way or the other. And they had no idea, you know, and they, there they were, they were in front of their families having, you know, having to do school, but they couldn't be who they really were, who they really were. And I was just, I, I was completely, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like that was the biggest light. Bulb we had moment. such a long conversation <laughs> after that. I was like, Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> well, I think in your, just, just in thinking about that, what I remember from it is that it, it was heartbreaking for you. Yeah. It, it, it was one of those, like, I, I think you, I mean, was, as a you teacher. and a dad, I think you thought, you know, how can somebody love their child and i'm sorry to cry <laughs> oh don't make sorry. me cry don't make sorry, me cry sorry. <laughs> they might be the thing for me too it might be I all waterworks it was just it was like one of those like he as a dad and a teacher he just thought oh my gosh their safe space is in my classroom at school not at home 
and how sad that their safe place isn't at home. And then we've stuck them in their home for the last 14 months, not being safe. Yeah. You know, it was, Absolutely. yeah, it was. So a, needless to say that, yeah, that drove that cry. home. There's Kleenexes right I back know. there. So, uh, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's that, crazy. You know, it, I, my first year of teaching, I learned really quickly that one, I had 400 kids all of a sudden that were now mine that I wanted to take home. And two, that I cried every day until I realized I can't possibly take care of all 400 of those kids. Mm -hmm. It's a hard realization. And and the the same thing goes with, with our LGBTQ kiddos. I can't help every single one, but I can be ready and I can have my classroom open and know that and let them know that they are welcome in that space because you know what? If there's not anywhere else, I'm going to make sure that my, my space is going to be at least one space for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why I have flags all over my room. I have uh, the Puerto Rican flag, the rainbow flag, the uh, Black Lives Matter trans flag. I have um, the coexist flag. I, there's, there's so many things in my room because I want people to walk in and be like, whoa, what's going on here? And then <laughs> well, at the same time being like, oh, OK, cool. He, he goes for a lot of this stuff. I'm okay. I'm okay here. <laughs> but I mean, I think to that point, Carlos and, and Tara, that the, and you mentioned this earlier, Tara, is that, you know, in an art room, what better place to be able to truly express yourself? So I guess the question would be, you know, how does artistic expression influence a sense of self for some of these students? And my question. Oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. We have this ongoing thing that he always starts off and then I take over. It's just this thing that happens. Sorry, you were were expressing this question. I was trying to express the question. So the you know, how how do how do you feel that the art room is a special place for kids to express their true sense of self? Um from my experience as an art teacher, I um um, and this isn't limited to LGBTQ uh, community members. Um, it, my art space has historically been a place where um, children who felt bullied on the playground would come in and just hang out and help me with the games day medals or uh, just come in and draw during recess. Um, it's been a place where students who have been grades behind in terms of curriculum, in literacy and math, in other classrooms, um, felt like leaders in my room because this is where they excelled. If there was no art room, what, what would happen to these students? They wouldn't know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have that experience of being that person that others looked to and respected and, 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 and valued in terms of, of what they could do. It's an incredibly, liberating thing to hand a student who is hurting, who is lost, who can't express themselves in their peer group, who can't express themselves at home. It is liberating to be trustworthy enough as a teacher, hand them art materials and allow them to express themselves through that. I don't, I, I don't know how, how much more I can say, because I think I might start crying in a minute. I'm on the verge yeah. again. <laughs> You've got me over here and almost in my tears already. Uh, I think that was great, Tara. I think the only thing that I would add to that is um, 
you know, the fact that, uh, and I lost my train of thought. Oh my God, this is, this what happens when you get old and it's late at night. (laughs) Um, the, the fact that, that, you know, those, we as our teachers have a really unique ability of seeing what kids are capable of Mm -hmm. and seeing them in not black and white, but gray. And I love walking into a classroom and I have the kid that's like, I think art is dumb. I can't do this. You know, this is never going to work out for me. I'm going to go do this with my life. And it has nothing to do with art. And I love those ones because I sit down and I make time for them because, you know, that's just how I am. And I'm like, so tell me what you want to do. Oh, I'm going to be a landscaper. I'm going to, you know, I'm taking over my dad's business. That has nothing to do with art. I was like, are you sure? Um, Not one bit. Are you sure about that? <laughs> and so we start talking and I'm like, so what is your, what, what do they do when they put down the pavements? Do they organize that? Do they just put them down? And as you start talking to those kids, they realize like, oh, right. And I love those kids because those kids are the ones that will then go back to that art project and try again, that they weren't going to try before. And they come out with something that's totally unique. Mm-hmm. It may not look like the others, but that's even better because they now see that they've created something that's not like the others because they think differently. They're not that artistic mind that loves to play and, and get colorful and dream. They're very analytical or they don't see the value of art. And all of a sudden they've created something that, wow, that that's, I never thought that could, that could come out of me. So I, I think that we have that power to see their true potential as art teachers. And that's what I love about the art room. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. <laughs> what? I'm not I'm not asking any more questions. You know? <laughs> <Why not? laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> oh, oh, it's my turn. <clears throat> I think this is uh it's been a while since we've laughed this hard this on, on a good interview. Conversation. It's been a good one. You know, I our our one question that we always ask everyone, if there is one last piece of advice, one little as laura says pearl of wisdom pearl of wisdom (laughs) (laughs) what what would it be what would you leave our our listeners with i would i would just say be brave like it find find your bravery find your courage just be brave and go for it that's a good one tara i don't know if i can follow that up so i was thinking of something really (laughs) long-winded um I, I, I think for me, it's, you know, you never know who, who you're going to inspire. So just, just keep being you keep making it so that it's amazing and exciting material uh, and show your enthusiasm behind it. Because I mean, if I were to look back Uh, And now I'm going to cry and look back. I was born and raised Puerto Rican. I didn't think I would ever amount to anything beyond perhaps maybe a mechanic because that's what my dad was. Um, And my art teacher in high school fought for me to be in the right classes um, because they thought that I was ESL and I, I didn't have a single accent whatsoever, but my dad had an accent. So they thought that, um, and she, to this day, hands down changed my life. She believed in me. She's like, yeah, you can totally do this and made me believe in myself and in my dream. And and I fought against everyone to be an artist. 
um, and go to RISD. And, you know, I got that scholarship and, and my life changed because that one art teacher believed that I could be something else than what society told me I could be. And so I would say that just, just keep inspiring out, oh God. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here. Woo, you're oh, fighting it back, Laura. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying not to. I'm really impressed. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> she breath. is misting. Deep breath. And. Oh, yeah. Woo. Wow. Oh and on that note. Uh, I, I, there's nothing more to say. Nothing more to say because Laura's <laughs> trying really hard. She's going to reach for the Kleenexes now. Oh, <laughs> but we cannot thank you both enough for this great and fun and inspiring conversation what he said (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much both of you for letting us be here this has been amazing we've had an amazing time and thank you thank you thank you for putting this out there because it it needs to be out there and i I appreciate that the word is getting out there oh yes thank you happy to do it happy 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 to do it thank you that was that was that was fun. It was amazing. Fun and informative and it, it just was, a blast. Yeah, it was a blast. It I was... really loved connecting with with Taryn Carlos. They are a joy. Um, they I want to meet the rest lot. of the people know, in that group. In the interest group, so. it's oh my gosh! But they they were just joyful and open and welcoming <laughs> and just honest and all the things everything you need in a good conversation yeah it was, yeah. It was fun it was and good. it was enlightening and it was it was just really good it was and i laughed a lot and i cried <laughs> and you cried it was like a and movie you and you cried yeah it was like up and down and up and down it was so good <laughs> so well um hopefully we'll have them again sometime oh yeah i think so yeah i think we made some 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 new some friends, friends now. definitely so i see you're looking at your phone well now i'm feeling stressed to find one quickly I think uh, we're looking for a happy teacher moment. Happy teacher moments. Happy I know because it's, it's, it's summer. Or it, at least for us, it's the start know, of summer. But I, apparently our, for Carlos. They... I know. And for Carlos, we just heard he doesn't get to be done until June 25th, Oof. I think is what he said. And yeah. I'm like, wow. But, um, but we teach. Moments. We, we start our year early. And... Teachers still have happy teacher moments. Yeah. Happy that it's summer for some some yes and happy uh, of some really nice things that oops sorry this one is for enduring glamour okay I have no idea what this wonderful teacher teaches but posted on instagram at enduring glamour and just talked about it's a letter from a student it's a little screenshot but she of course blanked everything, blanked out. everything out so we don't know who sent it but it's That's clearly from a student and it just goes on about how much the teacher helped them and how much they even helped them with their resume and just making sure that they were always on track and um, has a great attitude for all of her students and just wanted to make sure that she is remembered and that she's always going to have a special fan in that student. Oh, that is. Because, yeah. you know, going into your end of your school year you kind of need that the last little pick me up always always so hopefully a lot of you are getting some of those little sweet notes and we hope that you are tracking your happy teacher moments and sharing them with us so we can share them 
on the podcast. Absolutely. So hashtag happy teacher moment on Twitter or Instagram and make sure that you tell us who you are and what's going on in your happy teacher moment. Thanks. See you later. Bye. If you've been listening for a while, then you know that we are always looking for new ideas and inspirations. So if you have any suggestions, comments, or info to share with your peers, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or through our partner with Davis Publications at davisart.com.